Amen. That's good. You may be seated. Um, everybody in this room falls into one of two categories tonight. And, and our friends online. Can we, can we welcome our friends online? Can we let them know how good it is? Um, so we all fall in one of two categories. You got the, you got the planner, and then you got the, the free spirit. Okay? So who's, who in this room, who in this room, you fall in the, you're, you're, you're the planner. You're the planner. Okay? Yeah. And uh, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. for. I want to make sure. I'm thankful for you guys. We need you guys. The world needs you guys. If it wasn't for you guys, um, like you dot the I's and cross the T's and all that stuff. Uh, some of you, though, you, you probably need to lighten up a little bit. I'm just speaking. Like you're, somebody could come in and go, we're going to go on vacation. Where are we going? Where do you want to go? What's the weather like? When are we going to leave? When are we going to get back? You're like, I just, I have no idea. I just said something about a vacation. The other people, you're more of the free spirits. If you're the free spirit, just kind of raise your hand. Just raise your hand all over. Okay. These are the people that are more than likely addicted to weed. Um, because, <laughs> hey, a second chance. We're probably right. Because, I mean, we're just kind of like, we walk in the room. We're like, can we just kind of chill and take it easy? Let's see what happens. It could be, let's go on vacation. I, where are we going to go? I don't know. We'll just drive. I mean, and, it, and those people make life fun. But if, if those people get together, the bills never get paid. They turn the light. Usually the free spirit and the planner marry each other. And that's why we're alive pretty much. Now, the reason I say that is because um, I'm a planner. When it comes to most things, I really am. I'm a, I'm a planner. I've got certain, I've got a routine. I've got a schedule. And when it comes to planning messages, specifically pl planning messages for our church. I am, I am hyper-focused on planning. And so when I sit down to plan, I've got messages planned out for weeks and, and months and sometimes even concepts for a year even advance. I, I've got some ideas and thoughts. And the reason I, I do that, obviously, is because, I, number one, I want to honor the Lord um, and, and honor this, this platform that he's given me. But number two, I want to honor you because you could have gone to church anywhere and you, you, could, you could be doing anything else with this time, but you chose to show up here and you chose to be, be a part of this church for the next uh, two hours. And uh, I'm just kidding. I'm, we won't, it'll be an hour and a half. But you chose to be a part of this and I want to honor you. So I want to make sure that when you come in every single week, whether it's me um, or Cole or a, a guest speaker, that we're going to give you our very best. And we try our best to do that each and every week. With that being said, this past Monday, I got up out of bed, went up to my little study room, got out my iPad, because I had my message in my iPad, and I preached through it, the message I had prepared for today. Remember I told y'all last week, I said, next week I'm, we're going to get a message. I'm going to preach, and this is going to be awesome. And I was excited about it. And I read through the message, and after I got done reading through it, the Lord said, that's not it. And I wish I could tell you that after doing this for over 30 years that I've kind of learned that the Lord is right and I'm wrong, but I'm not that far in my spiritual journey. And I was like, come on, God, this is, this is good. And he was like, not, it's not that good. And I was like, okay, okay, well, what you got then? And so um, I wound up last, this past Monday with a, with a Bible, an actual a paper Bible, and a, and a legal pad. Now, if you're under 25, you don't know what a legal pad is. You're going to have to Google that, all right? But I'm old school. I've got, 
I've got a, I buy them in 12 packs, the legal pads, legal pads in 12 packs, okay? You got to clarify. And I had this legal pad, and I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm going I'm to look at this passage, and I'm going to look at, I'm going to take this legal pad, and I, I'm just going to write until you have nothing else for me to say. And I started writing things in this legal pad, and I don't even know how long I wrote. I, I do know that my hand hurt. I had like writer's cramp because I'm used to typing, and I'm, I'm doing all this writing. And, and when I got done with it, um, I had to tell God, yeah, that was, that was better than what I had. That was, that was a lot better. And so what I'm going to share with you tonight is not what I had originally intended, but I really do believe, and I said this all morning, and I'm going to say it tonight, that there's somebody in the room tonight, probably more than one person, but this message is specifically for you. God wants to speak life in you tonight. And that's where we're gonna. That's where we're gonna go. And um, with that, I was. We're in First Peter chapter five because we're taking a chapter every week. And it was this verse. It was this verse that got me. First Peter chapter five verse four. And when the great Shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. Now the fact that Peter would use the 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 term Shepherd is pretty amazing because when we first meet Peter. In the Bible, what was his occupation? Anybody remember? Fisherman. He was a fisherman. So he would use fisherman language. But here we have, later on in his life, he's talking about shepherding language. Now, the contrast there is, is so rich and it's so good. It's too much to go into tonight. But Jesus obviously continually kept changing Peter's life over and over and over again. And, and this got my mind to thinking, I started thinking, and it, I finally landed on a question for all of us. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, this question is going to apply to you, and it's this. I want you to get personal. I want you to ask this question to you. What does Jesus want to change in me? Now, if it gets tense in the message, I want you to understand that I've been wrestling with this question all week, and he's, there's a... <laughs> There's a, I've got a lot of growth opportunities in my walk with God, okay? So I'm not, I'm just asking you to get personal tonight because the church is real good at pointing at the world and what they need to change. But if we get our stuff right, and we don't have to tell the world to change because they'll actually want to be more like us. They'll, they'll be like, I don't know if I believe what they believe, but I want to hire those people because they're ethical. And I, wanna, I like being around them because they're happy and, and they show up on time and they don't steal from you when they're there. And I, I want my kids to marry some of those people because they seem like good people. Like, I, I think that's how it's supposed to be. So with that in mind, with that in mind, that shepherd word, that shepherd, I couldn't get past it. And it took me to Psalm 23. Now, if you're familiar with the Bible at all, if you went to vacation Bible school as a kid, if you've ever been in church, you have heard somebody say something about the 23rd Psalm. But I saw it this past Monday in a way that I've never seen it. So I'm going to challenge you tonight to pray five prayers this week. And, and once again, I'm going to send them to you at 630. Some of you are like, how is he going to do that? I, I've already written it out, and i got a thing, and it's programmed, and it's automated, and that's how we do it, okay? Don't think I'm up here typing it out. Um, but, it's gonna, but these five prayers, I'm going to challenge you to pray them. Now, you can, you can pray one on Monday and one on Tuesday and one on Wednesday. You can pray them all five every day. But the, these prayers, I think, I think have the potential to initiate change in us that, that 
legitimately will change not only our lives, it has, the, it has the potential to change our children's lives and their children and their children, and that's how important I think this message is. So I hope you're ready. Here we go. Prayer number one. Jesus, make me aware of who you are. Now, this, this is kind of simple because some people go, I know who Jesus is. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords and all that stuff. But I'm, I'm just talking about, like, what if you got along with Jesus and he started revealing more of his character to you. Let me tell you why that's important. By asking a question that's probably going to create some controversy. But if you know me, I love me some controversy. I got a question for you. Who is the greatest college football coach of all time? And this is where I do, I do want you to talk to me and tell me. And Dabo, okay. Frank Howard. Who? Newt Rockney. Lauren, I, that's old school, Lauren. I figured you'd say Vince Dooley, you being a Georgia fan. Somebody, what did we say over here? God? He didn't coach college football. He didn't. I wish he did. I wish he did. I, he might could win at Carolina. I don't know. He might be the only one that could. Anybody else? Lou Holtz, he, Lou Holtz was amazing. He led Carolina to an 0-11 season. So he's one of my favorites. I love him. I love him. Who else? Who? Bear Bryant. Bear Bryant. Bear Bryant. He met, listen, he had that Alabama. He, pay, he had the best paid players in the, in the world. I'm just, I'm just saying, all of us, could, we could go around the room. We could talk about college football coaches and how great they were. Here's the one thing that I know about great coaches. I, Hold on, I've been trying to take a drink of water for five minutes. Here's the one thing I know about great college coaches, or coaches on any level. I played organized sports for just a few years, and this is what all the great coaches have in common. They want their team to win. I've never seen a coach get his players together and say, all right, guys, we need to, man, we just... Tonight, I want to lose. I want you to feel what it's like to lose, so I need you to fumble. Um, I need you to throw interceptions. If I'd have been on the team, they're like, here, you just play normal because you suck anyway. And so I, I've never had a great coach. A great, can we all agree that great coaches want their team to win? Yes? Okay, so if that's true about great coaches, how much more so is it true about the Lord? At the end of the day, see, a lot of people don't think about this. He wants his children to win. He didn't die on a cross and rise from the grave so you and I could barely make it through life. He wants us to win. He wants us to be successful. He wants us to win in this life. He wants, listen, when we get to heaven, one of the theme songs is going to be all I do is win. Like we're going to walk around with our hands up. Like we're going to do that. Some of you don't know, but that song's on my workout playlist. And don't email me about it because I ain't got time this week. What would happen if we just, if we got along with the Lord and we said, Jesus, just make me aware of who you are. And I get this from Psalm 23.1. We're going to go through the whole 23rd Psalm tonight where, where the, the, the statement is, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I don't, now I might not have all I want, but God never promised us all we want. He said, you're going, we got what we Need And we'll get to more of that later. I love the fact the Lord is my shepherd. This is a, she a shepherd actually cares for the sheep. 
Shepherds, even in today, I've been in Israel uh, 16 times. I've been to Israel 16 times. I've seen this. People, like shepherds can walk out to their sheep. There's all these sheep running around. The, sh- the sheep have names. Like we name our dogs. The sheep have names. The shepherd calls the sheep by name. The sheep comes up. The shepherd picks it up. Like the shepherd actually cares about the sheep. And David was a shepherd when he was writing this, so he would have understood that the shepherd cares about the sheep. And just like shepherds care about their sheep, Jesus said in John, he is the great shepherd who cares more about us and our well-being than Jesus. He, at the end of the day, he wants us to win. So as I was writing this, because I love to make a list. Y'all, I love a list, and I'm making a list, and this is, God, this is who you are. And I started writing stuff down, and, and then I wrote one word down, and God said, that's it. I said, that's in the list. He said, no, that's the only one you're going to talk about. I was like, you sure? Because this is a good list. And he said, no, just talk about this one. So let me, let me just share one word with you tonight, and we're going to move on to the second one. Here's the word. Holy. Now, if, if you sit and think about that, but we, see, we don't use that word a lot. Actually, we do, but we, we usually put something after it, and that's not the proper way to use that word. I'm just addressing the crowd. I know my people. This word, though, in the Bible, this is fascinating. It's the only word in the entire Bible that's repeated three consecutive times. Holy, holy, holy. We never see mercy, 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 love, 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 grace, 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 but we do see holy, holy, holy. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, when the angels come into the presence of God, they they can't just say holy one time. They have to say it three times. Now, holy if you break it down, it means perfect without sin. God is perfect without sin. God is perfect without sin. In other words, God doesn't make mistakes. Agree? Agree. By the way, somebody needs to hear this tonight. If God doesn't make mistakes, then you can't call yourself a mistake because God custom designed you before the foundation of the world was even made. And so quit calling yourself a mistake because heaven don't, hell calls you a mistake, but heaven doesn't. So, so think about this. God is holy. I had somebody ask me recently, and I shocked them with my answer because they were like, Pastor P, is there anything that God can't do? I was like, oh, absolutely. He can't sin, that's true. But he, he can't make a mistake. God has never said, Oops. God has never said, my bad. God, God can't mess up. So this is what, if God is holy, then that means he's perfect, correct? So if God is perfect, then his, his plans are perfect, correct? Yes, okay. If God is perfect and his plans are perfect, then his plans for your life are perfect as well, yes? Good. I'm glad you agreed because that leads to point number two. What if we started praying, Jesus, make me aware of your ways. Since we're, we'll go ahead and dive into this since we're going to talk about it next week. Let's talk about men and women drivers just for a second for kicks and giggles. Husbands, how many of you have that wife that she feels like, it's just her call to help you drive. Anybody? Raise your hand. 
Cole, that hand went up quick. Oh, my gosh. Was, is Addie like that? Let's pray for Addie. Did she sing to you while she's telling you how to drive? <laughs> Shannon, Shannon will dig her claws into my, I mean, I'm just like, what is happening? And it could mean that we are about to die or she didn't lock the door. And there is no, there is no, husbands, you know what I'm talking about? You got the, you got the marks in your arm. And if you want to make me mad, if I'm driving, because by the way, if we're going somewhere, I'm driving, just so you know, I'm driving because that's who I am. Well, I'll drive. No, I'm driving. Well, I like to drive. But you know what? We'll just take two separate cars. That's how I am because I, I, I like to drive, period. A little bit of control, control freak. But I remember a friend one time, we were driving, we were going from point A to point B, and we drove by this road. He said, you should have turned there. You, you, you want to make me mad? Tell me how I should have gone. I'm driving. I know the way. Leap, sit there, shut, and don't even think about touching my music. While I'm on it, I mean, I'm just verbal processing for just a second. I'm like that, and and many of us are like that, and and we're like that when we're driving, and some of us, and God, I'm so guilty of this, we get like that with our life too. (laughs) For years, this was my prayer time. God, Here are my plans. I know you're so overwhelmed with how amazing and awesome they are. So uh, I I helped you out a little bit. So if you just bless these, uh, I'll be on my way. And then I found a verse in Isaiah that said his plans are higher and his ways are greater. And so I I began to understand instead of taking my plans to God, the, the the better prayer was, God, show me your thoughts. Show me your ways. Jesus Make me aware, aware of your ways. Because watch what David says, and this is so good, because if God is perfect and his plans are perfect, why wouldn't we want his plans for our lives, correct? He says this. He said, he, said, he lets me rest in green meadows. And if you're a sheep, man, that's a great place to rest, some green meadows. But watch this. He leads me. Now, if I could... If I could condense prayer down to a a three-word prayer that you could pray every morning that if you meant it, I really do believe it would affect your life. What if you just prayed, Jesus, lead me? Some of y'all are like, I can't pray. Can you say those three words and mean it? That's prayer. Lead me. Jesus, lead me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. You ever needed your strength renewed? You ever needed like a spiritual Red Bull to kind of get you through the week? I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I get, I get spiritually tired. I get spiritually, I don't want to do what's right sometimes. Don't look at me like you're judging me because you do the same thing. He renews my, thank you, I got one honest person. Everybody else got their halo on. Got to straighten it up, all these perfect people. He renews my strength. Watch this. He guides me along right paths. In other words, if we're following Jesus, we can't get it wrong. It might not be easy, but we can't get it wrong. Bringing honor to his name. What if if we as individuals decided, I'm going to commit my life to following God's plan for my life. That could change so many things. Think about this. What if, 
What if we, we just said, you know what, when it comes to sex, I'm going to follow God's plan. That would, that would uncomplicate many of our lives, would it not? When, when, it, when it comes to marriage, I'm going to follow God's plan. When it comes to what I put in on my body, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow God's plan. What if, what if we, one of the reasons that I've become a little bit more outspoken this year on, on controversial political issues from the stage is because I'm like, you know what? I think the problem with our country, besides the geriatric ward running it in Washington, D.C. right now, good God, you got to be 85 to even run for anything anymore. But besides that, it's we've gotten away from God's ways. I'll give you an example. What if we just said, for example, gender. There are two genders, male and female. You know how I know that? Because the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, God made them in his image, male and female. He created them. That's, and people go, you're being controversial. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so not controversial. Have you seen the people, by the way, that call it controversial and they're protesting? Have you seen these protesters? Number one, they need a job. Number two, they all have pink and purple hair. And number three, they got 17 cats. There's a problem all over the place. I'm just, and, and by the way, let me just kind of throw this out there. By the way, by the way, if, if you are somebody that struggles with gender, I'm glad you're here. I'm not mad at you. Um, I heard a guy much wiser than me say this um, last week, and I'm just ripping it off and saying it. Um, hear it. Second chance, we don't draw lines, we draw circles. And there's, a, there's room for you in that circle because we believe as you walk with Jesus that he will shape you into who you need to be because we're all, listen, we are all a work in progress. Amen? All right, so, so, so that was the second prayer. The third one is this. Jesus, make me aware of your presence. Y'all pray for Shannon. She is, um, ever since we got married, for some reason, and I don't know why, she has this thing where she wants to scare me. <laughs> and now we, we've already called clowns off limits because, y'all, I'm just telling y'all, something ain't right about a clown. Anybody dresses up like a clown, something's off. I don't play with clowns. Clown comes up to me, it's going to get punched. I'm just saying, that's, I'll, I'll introduce that person to Jesus real quick. So clowns are off limits, but she tries to scare me. And the problem is, I always know where she is. But the other night, she almost, she almost pulled off. I came into the bedroom, and there was one light on. Now, what gave it away were the dogs were both in the bedroom. And wherever she goes, they go, because she's their favorite person. But I didn't see her. And I wasn't even thinking about her scaring me. I was just thinking about, where did she go? So, so there was one light on. It's darker than the rest of the house. So I was like, Shannon. And I heard, <laughs> Shannon. And all of a sudden, she busted out laughing under the bed. I said, are you under the bed. She was videoing the whole thing. I said, what are you doing under the bed? She said, I was going to scare you. I said, but I knew you were there. 
Then I asked her to explain. I said, I said how were you going to scare me? She said, I was going to wait till you walked over to get in bed. I was going to grab your ankles and scream. I said, oh, that would have done it. <laughs> because I would have said it, then I would have did it, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but I was aware that, that she was in the room. I, was just, I just knew she was there. And have you ever just known that somebody was in the room or somebody was watching you? And I'm not talking about like the, the w real weird, creepy. I'm just talking, I'm like talking about like a physical human person. They're just in the room. You just knew they were there. Um, what if we became that aware of the presence of God in our lives? Because this is what I've discovered. This is what I've discovered. Um, we tend to not see the presence of Jesus in the middle of dark seasons. Have y'all seen that? Have y'all ever seen that, that poem, Footprints in the Sand? Y'all ever seen that? Yeah, I hate that poem. It's stupid. You know why? Because if you read the poem and break it down to its most literal point, the, the author's basically saying, Jesus, there were times in my life I just didn't need you. And looking back over my 52 years, I can't see one of those times in my life. I need him to carry me every day. Thank you very much. Just ruined some of your bathroom reading. But <laughs> if, you're going, if you're going through a dark time tonight, and let's not pretend that it's all um, rainbows and Skittles, right? Like we go through tough times as Christians. I'm specifically taught the three words I wrote down is if you're wrestling with depression, anxiety, or addiction. Those three things specifically. Depression, anxiety, or addiction. And that voice in your head keeps telling you, you're always going to be this way. Let me ask you a question. Where do you think that voice is coming from? Because it's not you, because you don't talk to yourself in second person. Do you? I'll tell you where it's coming from. It's coming from the pit of hell, because if Satan can get you trapped thinking that you're stuck in your mind, he don't have to put any work in on you ever again. The reason I bring that up is because David said, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me and your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. I love this. Even, even when I walk through the dark, not when I, it not, he didn't say even when I camp in the darkest valley because some people love, so, listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. Some people, oh, I'm just so depressed and they love the attention they get when they say they're depressed and so you just wanna stay depressed. And by the way, while I'm on it, we have so romanticized that word. Depression. Some people, let me just, I'm just going to be real honest with you, okay? You're not depressed, you're spoiled. Okay? They messed up my drink at Starbucks and so depressed. Well, number one, just get freaking coffee. Number two, that's not depression. Depression, as somebody who has been there and done that, depression is I can't think of one good reason to get out of bed today. And if left unchecked, it leads to thoughts like, 
I don't think anybody would miss me if I'm dead. See, that's depression. Or anxiety. Some people are just anxious. And, and, and some people in this room, we wrestle with anxiety. Other people are just control freaks. And, and then addiction. <laughs> I've been down that road. What I'm saying is when we get in those dark seasons, we tend to give up on God because we're like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? I can't see him. Well, I, I've been through times where I can't see him, but when we can't see him, we got to trust that he's close beside us. Even when we can't see him, Scripture promises us that he's close beside us and his goal isn't for us to stay stuck. He wants to get us through that valley. He wants to get us through addiction, through depression, through anxiety. In Christ, we can get through because at the end of the day, I'll go back to the beginning of the message, he wants us to win, right? And he gets us through things. He, got, he went with David when David went to fight Goliath. He went through the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He went through the lion's den with Daniel. He walked through the storm to get to the disciples. And you may be going through a season of darkness right now, but I love the promise that Scripture says, even if you're in one of the darkest seasons of your life, David said in Psalm chapter 30, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. And somebody needs to hear, morning is on the way. You are about to see the sunrise in your life, and God is going to get you through that thing. I'm telling you, he can get you through it if we'll just submit to his ways. And by, it's not overnight. I know people that get... Get mad at God. Well, I tried that Christian thing and it didn't work. How long did you go to church? Two weeks? How long did you struggle with your addiction or your anxiety to depression? Ten years? Oh. So you want God to... Now, he can. It's called a miracle. And I still believe in miracles. But sometimes... Listen, at the end of the day, to get out of those situations, you've got to want to get out. Amen? Which leads to the next prayer. Jesus, make me aware of your blessings. Now, this is the one where at first glance, you're like, oh, okay, make me aware of your blessings. But, but sometimes, some, sometimes we get distracted from how blessed we are. For example, we have a couple in our church. They've kind of adopted me as their son, and I'm not mad about it. Um, I've got several adopted parents, but they, they attend our 915 service. Their names are Buck and Wanda. And every year, they, they cook a meal for me on my birthday. And it's my favorite meal of the year. Buck smokes ribs, and these ribs are amazing. And, and listen, you, just, you don't put any sauce on the ribs. If you put sauce on his ribs in front of me, I will punch you in the throat. Like, that's how serious I am. Wanda makes macaroni and cheese, and it is so good. And listen, if you're gluten-free, this is not your party, okay? Because I tell her, put extra gluten in the mac and cheese. And if somebody's got a gluten allergy, allergy, the bathroom's right there. You can just go and have your dumb and dumber moment and just be done with it. I'm going to sit out here and eat all the gluten. Praise God for gluten. I love going to, I, it's, it's my favorite day of the year, whenever they cook the food. And, and just a few people come. I don't, I don't want a lot of people. I just want a few people. It's my favorite day with my favorite people. And just a few years ago, 
you know, it was probably about four or five years ago. I was getting ready to drive down, and I don't know if you've ever done this or not, but I'm getting ready to drive down, and I posted something on Facebook that day about, you know, it being birthday or whatever, and everybody's like, happy birthday, happy birthday, Pastor P, we love you. And then there was this one guy that had to say, had to say something. Man, you ever just read that comment and it just got you? I mean, it's just like, and I knew, I knew what I should do. I should just ignored it. But I didn't. I fired off a response that was so good and so cutting. And I mean, it was like in middle school when all your friends were around you going, oh. I mean, it was like, it was like I, I lit him up. And I was like, that'll fix that. But it didn't because I'm driving down to their house and he's responding on Facebook. So what was I supposed to do? Let it go? Well, technically, yeah, but no, I wasn't letting this go. I, we, we, were, we, were, we were in. We're, don't go looking for it. I deleted the whole thing. But I, w- I was in comment after comment, and I get to Buck and Wanda's house, and these are my favorite people. This is my favorite food on this immaculate table all set up, and everybody got quiet, and I was trying to figure out why everybody was quiet. Everybody was looking at me. I've got... Blessing on blessing on blessing over here, and I'm dealing with Underwear Boy 182 on Facebook. And I realized I'm focused on the wrong thing. Now, the reason I bring that up is because my, my stupidity actually ties into this story because David said, You prepare a feast, a feast, think about that. See, a meal in, during this time period, if you got a meal, during the week. That was a blessing. Feasts were reserved for kings and queens. So David said, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Now, let me stop. We got the feast and we got the presence of our enemies. And the reason so many times we can't focus on the feast is we're focused on the fight. And in order to focus on the fight, we got to turn our back on the feast that God has prepared for us. It's a distraction tactic by the enemy, and it works so well. In fact, some of us, we, we just invite the enemy to come sit at the table with us. And, and that's not how, you prepare a feast for me in the present. We, we've got to learn how to, we've got to learn how to be like, you know what? That fight, God, is in your hands. I'm going to enjoy this feast you have prepared for me. And you honor me by anointing my head with oil. That's a reference to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. My cup overflows with blessings. And I know there are people, I've seen people read that verse going, my cup ain't overflowing with blessings. Did you wake up inside last night? Or did you wake up inside this morning? You woke up in a house. Not only did you wake up in a house, many of us, our cars woke up in a house. We call them a garage, but our garages would be luxury homes in many parts of the world. You, did you have options when you went to your closet as far as things to wear, yes or no? Ladies, did you have some options when it came to the shoes you were going to pick out, yes or no? I'm just asking for a friend. I'm not picking on anybody. We, we, we are the only people in the world that will open up a full pantry and say, I don't have anything to eat. We've been 
We have been so blessed by God. What would happen if instead we stopped focusing on all the negative stuff and we just started focusing on our blessing? Well, you know what would happen if we focused on our blessings? Then we start to be thankful. When we start to be thankful, we, we get filled with gratitude. When we start expressing gratitude to God, guess what he does? What Parents, how do you respond when your children are full of gratitude and thankful to you? What does it make you want to do? Bless them a little bit more. But when they're entitled, you want to be like, you spoiled brat. You know, you, that's what, I mean, just saying, we just say it. We have a heavenly father that has prepared a feast for us. Let's not focus on the things that are out of our control and let's focus on how blessed we are by the heavenly father. Amen? And then last but not least. Oh, this one's going to be fun. Jesus, make me aware of your pursuit. Now, i got to ask a question. And you're in church. And you can't lie because liars go to hell. I need to know how many people in this room, I'm going to go ahead and put my hand up. How many people in this room have ever ran from the police? Raise your hand. Raise them up. Dear God. Okay, well, a lot. No, Scott. Yeah, no, you don't have to raise both hands. Just, just one hand. Keep them up. Keep them up. I want to see. That's pretty much our entire staff. And uh, Jennifer, you can put your hands down. We know you ran from the police. Eh? I want to break this down a little bit further. How many... How many how many ran from him in a car? You're in a car. You ran. From, how many ran from him on foot? No. More, oh, okay. Dear God. Security team, y'all just. I mean, I've done both. I've done both. I've done both. Now, it it makes sense. But some of y'all, you didn't. You should have raised your hand, but you didn't because you're sitting next to your kid, and it'd just be a little awkward, right? But it makes sense on the surface because when you're driving down the road, and I don't care how old you are, and you see blue lights, my first thought that runs through my mind is, oh, my dad's going to kill me. And he's been dead for years, and I'm thinking, my dad's going to kill me. And then I'm thinking about the insurance, and then I'm thinking about all these things, and you, your instinct is because he's going to give you a ticket, and then your insurance is going to go up, and you have to pay a fine, and who wants to do that? Because he's coming after you, right? But that doesn't mean that when you see the blue light, it's always bad. Like, for example, if I'm out in the parking lot getting my butt beat by about four or five people and they wear me out and the blue light show up, I'm pretty happy about it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it. Aren't you happy if the police show up in that situation? Break up this fight. Get these boys off of me, right? That's a second chance. Get these girls off of me. They, they beat me up. I mean, <laughs> nope, going to leave it alone. Going to leave it right there. I'm just saying we got some violent people up in here. And by the way, let me kind of pause and say that the people that were calling for defund the police, those, that might be the dumbest phrase that anybody ever uttered out of their mouth. I, I, I love, I know our, our sheriff's, I know a lot of our sheriff's deputies. I know a lot of our city police, and these are some really great men and women. They do a great job protecting us. And I'll go ahead and tell you this. All these people, 
railing against toxic masculinity, all the feminists that are railing against, I, listen, I need a, when I, if I'm getting beat up, I want a man to get out of the car that knows how to handle himself and to help me out. I don't need somebody going, do we need therapy? Do we need some help? Can we call somebody? Oh my gosh, you're triggered. Like, I don't need that guy. So, so when we talk about pursuit, well, let me just say it this way. Let me just say it this way. God is coming after you. Now, if you grew up in a religious background, that literally scares the hell out of you. Because, because we grew up thinking everything bad happened to our life. We can trace it back to a sin. Because that's what a loving, loving, holy, heavenly father who has great plans, that's exactly how he would operate, right? We, we think that God pursuing us is a bad thing because when he catches us, he's going he's gonna to cut us down. He's going to beat us up. He's going to wear us out. That's not what David said. David said in the scriptures, watch, watch this. Surely, not maybe, not possibly, but surely, <laughs> your goodness and unfailing love. In the, in the King James, that's great. Surely your goodness and mercy will pursue me all the days of my life. Man, that's my story. I wouldn't even be on this stage if it wasn't for the goodness and the mercy of God. And there's some people in this room, that's your story too. You shouldn't be in this room. You should be in a, you should be in a ditch or a hospital or a graveyard. But God pursued you with his love and his mercy. And he, he brought you back to him. And just like he did with the prodigal. Remember when the prodigal was coming home, God, the father pursued the son and the son's probably thinking, here comes dad to beat me. And he hugs him and he says, I'm gonna give you a robe. I'm gonna put a ring on your finger. We're gonna kill a fatted calf. We are gonna throw a party. That's, that's how God comes after us. Even his discipline is love and mercy. Because we're a sheep and we're wandering toward a cliff we're about to fall off that cliff and he takes that shepherd rod and he pulls us back. We might not enjoy it in the moment, but you know what that was? Goodness and mercy. It might've hurt getting pulled back a little bit, but he kept us from dying. And said, your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And this last part, I don't have time to connect it. I wish I did. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I love how all of this is connected to God's house. God's going to pursue you with his love and his mercy. Not because he's trying to get you back, but bring you back into a relationship with him where we understand who he is and he shows us his ways and he walks through us through the darkest valleys and he blesses us every step of the way. That's what he wants for his children. So with all... With all that in mind, what does he want to change in you?
because whatever he wants to change, you can trust him. I was thinking about how to finish this sermon when I was writing down on the legal pad and I went to a, I went to a song. I couldn't get this song out of my mind. I couldn't get it out of my mind. And so I just started writing down the lyrics of the song. We sing it, we've sang it a few times around here. It's, it starts out with us singing blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. He's been my fourth man in the fire. Man, that's good. Time after time. That's a reference to when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fire. Three went in. And then Jesus was in there. So there were four. Don't miss this. Four were in. And then three came out. Where's Jesus? He's still in the fire waiting on you so he can walk you through it just like he's done to anybody that's ever walked. God, that's good. I'm about, I almost took a lap. Born of his spirit, which is, I mean, think about that. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, which means nothing spiritually is impossible because, I mean, he conquered death, washed in his blood, which is a reference to the fact that all of our sins have been paid for. And after what he did, after what he did for me on Calvary is more than enough. Calvary is the place where Jesus gave his life. And you know what? If God never blessed us with anything else as long as we live, everybody in this room, would, you'd have to say we've already been blessed more than we deserve, correct? And then we go to the chorus which just says, I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. Let me pause. He will never fail you. He will never fail. He will never fail. He will never fail. So before we do the invitation tonight, we're going we're gonna to sing through this song. And we're not just going to sing it. We're going to declare it. So Jesus, over these next few moments, as we're together, God, help us to, help us just to, God, focus on you. For those in the room that might be wrestling with depression or fear or anxiety or doubt or addiction, God, that, that we'll have the courage to turn that over to you tonight. And know, Lord, and know for a fact that we can trust in you. You will never fail. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, we thank you tonight that you are good, that you are all-powerful, that you are holy, that your ways are perfect, that your plans are higher. So Jesus, tonight, right now in this place, What do you want to change in us? Right where you stand, with heads bowed and eyes closed, what does he want to change? What does he want to change in you? Maybe you're here tonight and you're addicted, you're depressed, you're anxious. Those chains, my friend, can be broken. If you need someone to pray with you or for you about those things or any, anything else, you can just slip out of your road right now and walk out the back doors. We've got 
members of our care prayer team back there that would love, listen, they, they want to listen to you and pray with you. They don't want to judge you or condemn you, but they would love to pray over you tonight. Pray that those chains would be broken in your life. It takes a strong person to ask for help. Weak people think it'll get better. Strong people do whatever it takes to make it better. And my friend, you're strong if Jesus lives in you. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never had or you've never asked Jesus to come into your life. You do not have a relationship with Jesus. And you know you need to pray to receive Christ tonight because that's where change starts. That's where change, I mean, that's where real change can happen. So if you're here tonight and you know you need a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to invite you right where you stand to pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart. I'm going to, into your life. I'm going to lead you in this prayer and I'm going to ask you to say it back out loud. I'm going to ask you to just repeat it out loud, but not alone. You don't have to worry about being the only person because everybody in this room, our entire Second Chance family, we're going we're gonna to pray this prayer with you. So if you know you need to pray to receive Christ, you pray this out loud in Second Chance family, let's let them know they're not alone. Just say, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. And I need you as my Savior. And I need you as my Savior. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you died on the cross. And you rose from the grave. You rose from the grave. To pay for my sins. To pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus. Right now, Jesus. I declare you as Lord. Come in and take over my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room, if you just prayed that prayer, if you just asked Christ to come into your life, I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. So do me a favor if you just prayed that prayer and would, would you just hold your hand up, just raise it up high so I can see it. Amen. Amen. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up because I want to make sure I see you all over the room. Amen. Amen. Wow. Keep them up. Keep them up. This is amazing. This is amazing. All day long he's done it. All day, oh God, thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for every hand that is raised, for the for the new that you are going to do in their lives. You're so good, and God, I thank you tonight that I believe you started a process in somebody, a change that's going to affect their life, their family, their friends. And we know, God, we know if you started it, you will bring it to completion because you are God and you are good. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. We, we had the privilege of gathering together tonight to worship you. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen. Man, did we have church today or what? Awesome. I hope you guys have a phenomenal weekend. We'll see y'all back here next Sunday.